Hey guys, welcome to another episode of The Split Decision. You're joined here with me, Taku, and Para to my left. And we are ex- very excited to welcome a very special guest, AJ Majok <laughs> from the New Zealand Breakers and the US Monster, I can't say it. <laughs> but uh, welcome to The Split Decision. Hey, thank you for having me, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> And before we get into it, obviously we have to mention our sponsors, Kremlin. I'm, I'm, I'm repping it today. Uh, they have their tracky pants out and obviously all of that stuff is on their website. So it'll be linked down in the description. And uh, also make sure you're checking out the Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitter. Make sure you're subscribing to the new YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, let's get straight into it. So um, our, first, our first question is, you were born in Sudan and migrated to Sydney. Could you sort of uh, talk to us a bit about that? Yeah, um, I mean, I was born in Sudan, um, you know, and, and then due to the civil war that was going on, um, you know, we moved. Uh, I was one of the, you know, most kind of like fortunate ones to, you know, have the luck to actually move to Australia. Um, yeah, and, you know, I moved to Australia at a young age and uh, been living, you know, in Australia ever since. So when you were younger, do you remember like the first time you played basketball, or, like your first memory of having a basketball? Uh, yeah, I was 14. Um, first time playing basketball, I was 14. Um, it was actually in Sydney. Um, yeah. I was actually a volleyball player. Um, oh. At that point, like before, before 14 years old, I never touched a basketball. I mean, I watched people play, but I never touched a basketball. I didn't know, I didn't even know the rules of basketball. Uh, it was, you know, volleyball, soccer. Um, yeah. And then uh, one day my cousin was like, yo, like, I want, you know, this coach, you know, wants you to come down, you know, and just kind of like try it out. Uh, at this point, I'm, you know, like, I was like six, seven, six, 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 seven, 14 year old. Um, you know, and I went down there, you know, and they put me in the practice and after the first, it was, it was brutal. It was brutal practice. And, uh, after the first 15 minutes, I was like, this is not for me. Um, you know, and then he, the coach came, uh, he was American and he was like, listen, just try it out. I think you'll be really good. You'd be suited for this. Like, you know, you got the touch, you got everything like you need, um, you know, and he just told me, anytime you catch a ball, just dunk it. You know, every time you catch a ball, just dunk it. Don't don't think, don't do anything. Um, and then we we were playing um, the next two days later. We had a game. I think it was like under 16s. It was like not reps, but uh, it was under 16 local comp. And I actually dunked the ball on our own hoop. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, and it was just. I mean. I mean, I mean, it was a pretty nasty dunk, um, but the coach, the coach was like, yeah, the coach, the coach was happy because the coach was like, I don't care. Like, you know, that's what I want to see. Like, I want you to be like so aggressive and, you know, nasty with it. So, uh, and ever since then, it's just like, I fell in love with basketball. Um, yeah, and it just took it from there. It just went from there. That's great. And right. six, seven at 14. I'm like. Five ten at eighteen, like I need a really like, six foot. I, I need a, I need yeah. a bit of height. So, <laughs> yeah. So growing up, did you ever hit this like realizations like, oh, I can I can take this pro? Um. So 
like when I first played the first few years, it was like it wasn't so much I can take it pro. It was so much um, playing. It was just like just loving to play and um, loving to win. Uh, you know, I didn't know if I can play pro. I didn't know anything about the next level. Um, I, I I couldn't even tell you if you would have asked me who was on which team at that time, who was a superstar, who I couldn't tell you nothing. <laughs> um, you know, and then uh, I remember I took my first trip uh, when I was, uh, I think, like 15. I took my first trip. Um, we got invited to play uh, in the summer league, the, the high school summer league games in, um, in Las Vegas. Um, and I went in there and I just saw, like, you know, the limelight, KD, you see KD showing up in a nice tour bus. They they came with DC Assault. You saw, um, you know, Greg Golden, uh, OJ Mayo, they're all showing up nice. They got their team, the cameras, the light. And I was just like, wow, like, this is what it's about, huh? Um, yeah. And then I made up my mind that uh, right then and there, um, you know, like, this is what I want to do. But at, even at that point, I wasn't like, I would be professional. It was just more like, I'm trying to get a scholarship because I want to go to, you know, the college <laughs> in the States. Um, yeah, and then I went back home and then the coach sat me down. And I remember I met uh, Frank Fischilla that summer. I don't know if you guys know him. Uh, he's a, he works for uh, ESPN. He's the announcer for ESPN. Oh, yeah. um, so Frank, yeah, Frank Fischilla. And I met a whole bunch of basketball analysts and um, they were like, wow, like, you know, for a person who's been playing for like 11 months, man, what's going on? Like you, you got something special. Um, and I went back home two weeks later and I was just like, this is what I want. I want to go to college, you know? Um, and then the next day the coaches called, he called me, he was like, listen, you want to make it so bad? I was like, yeah. He's like, what you willing to do for it? I told him, shit, I want, I'll, I'll do anything. He's like, I, from now on, we practice at 4 a.m. every day, yeah. seven days a week, no days off. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I did that for I did that for a year. Um, then we took we got invited to a couple of tournaments in the states. And I got invited to a couple of camps, like um, I got invited to five star camp. Um, and I remember I was a team captain at that point. Um, and we went we went to the states. Um, we were playing in. Um, we played in the Pangos All-American game. Uh, and in the Pangos, it's, uh, it's, like a, it's like a McDonald's All-American, but it's like, it's a little bit more smaller. Um, oh, okay, yeah. I made the All-Star team, um, you know, and it was like a lot, a lot of people talking about me. You know, I had kids coming up to want to take pictures and all, and I was just yeah. loving it. Um, you know, then after that, we went to... Uh, we went to a tournament, Las Vegas Showcase, um, and it was like they put us in like they have because you have like the AAU system, you have 500 teams show up to a tournament and then they'll yeah. have different brackets. So they have they'll have like, you know, A, B, C, D, like groups, you know, levels. Um, okay. So we were on the D, D level. They put us in the D level, you know, because they didn't have any respect for us. Um, you know, you have all this tall players like we we weren't even the tallest team there so and then we had you know a bunch of Aussie guys you know with long hair looking weird looking funny 
Uh, so nobody respected us. All the teams would show up and like they didn't give us no respect. Um, we just we just handed them the business. Like I remember we had a team in um, one uh, the night before the game. We had a team in and we were just like, listen, we're gonna go out there and fight. Like it's not about being pretty. We, like we gotta. We were like representing Australia. We took it personal because it was just like the yeah. treatment that we were getting. Um, you know, we went out there. Uh, first game we played, I think we won by like 40. Um, Jesus yeah, and then we ended up, they pushed us, they pushed us up to the B, like after the first game, they pushed us up to the B, to the B group. Um, we played in the B group, killed it. We went, they moved up to the A group. Now in the A group, we played Ty Lawson, whoever, like you name it, everybody who's in the NBA right now, like they were, Victor Oladipo was there, like everybody. So, so in the A level, I remember we played, so the first team we played against in the A level was uh, Texas uh, Longhorn. So in, uh, they had, um, they had a couple of guys that were really good that went to the University of Texas. And the shortest guy on the team was 6'4". You know what I'm yeah. saying? But they had yeah. seven footers everywhere and stuff. So um, we got smacked. Then we faced DC Assault. We lost them by 60. Um, and then I remember, for me personally, it was like we had the next game, the next game, the third game in the A group was against um, Kevin Love. Um, where he played for uh, for the LA team. And I remember they were playing like they had us pressed. So I caught the ball. Yeah, so, you know, from, from there on, I had schools offering me. Um, and I went to school in, in Virginia. Um, and when I got there, we had our first game against, um, like, one of the big prep schools. Um, and I remember, like, I played in a small town. It was literally one street, one school. It wasn't a big town. Uh, and I remember I had like Duke, Mike Krzyzewski, Jim Cajon, you know, you name it. Every Everybody was there. Um, and after the game, you know, I had, after the game, I remember I had, um, it was like almost like 60, 70 scholarships. Oh, um, shit. You know, offers. Um, Bowling. Yeah. And then, you know, it was just the process of going through which school I wanted to go to. And I had, you know, Kansas, UCLA, USC, Duke, North Carolina. Um, you know, I had everybody, UConn, Syracuse. And and for me, I knew that I wanted to go, like, big time. I wanted to go big, you know, like, the big school. It wasn't big about, school, like, yeah. I would, mm. yeah. So um, I started kind of, like, removing a lot of the schools and, you know, telling them that I wasn't interested. Um, then I ended up uh, going to Baylor. Um, you know, I, I I signed with Baylor um, and I was supposed to go to Baylor um, because they had a good program at the time. And like, it was gonna be, it was more like a Christian school, you know, because my family, my father wanted me to go to like a Christian school, um, you know, and then two weeks later, I took a visit to UConn and I changed my mind. <laughs> yeah. So. so um, sort of we back up a bit. So you got that offer to go to America, play high school. Um, 
did you have to sort of leave your family and go go there by yourself yeah yeah um i mean it was it was you know it was part of the sacrifice it was just like this is what you got to do you got to you got to grow up you got to leave your family and um you know, when I got there, I had a host family um, who was taking care of me. Uh, they were in Washington, D.C., but, I, you know, I was in another city. Um, you know, but it's all part of the sacrifice of how bad you want it, you know? Yeah. All right. So, I mean, yeah, taking it back a bit more again. So you attended the American International School in um, Carlingford where you graduated. Like, how was that, like, basketball experience for you there? Um, I mean, at first when I got there, um, the school was, was a weird school. It was a very small school. Um, we didn't wear a uniform. Yeah. We didn't, you know, it was very weird. Um, and I'm used to going to like strict schools and it was very relaxed. It was very American system. It was all, a lot of American kids. Um, you know, and I remember that we had a school team, but our center at the time was like six two. <laughs> so I got there. Um, you know, and when I got there and I was just like, Yeah, well, we need to change this. We need to change this around. Um, you know, we ended up bringing we ended up giving out more scholarships. Um, you know, we made the school give out more scholarships to get more basketball players. Um yeah, so and then we played in our first tournament. Uh we killed it, uh, which is the I think it was like the special schools zone or something like that. So it was basically like you got the American school, Jewish school, like a whole bunch of different schools that are not normally in the school system in Australia. Um, yeah. You know, we ended up killing it. Then we went to the, it was like the the school zone, like the state school tournament. Um, I ended up killing that. And yeah. That's huge. And then, so then, Looking back at your time at high school, sort of what were the, the major highlights for you? Oh, man, major highlights. My school years? I'll say, uh, well, when I was in American school, um, I scored, I remember in the championship game, I scored 63 points. Um, <laughs> uh, and I was, uh, it was literally like, it was like literally, so it was like three real basketball players, and then we had to fill up the, the rest of the team. <laughs> Scrubs, just so. Just so what the point guard? The point guard got hurt. The point guard got oh, hurt, um, and then I was playing the power forward. So at that point, I had to like play point power forward. Um, okay. You know, and I was just like, I told. I remember I told my boy, like he was my teammate at the time. Uh, his name is a real cook. He actually, he ended up going to the States and, he, you know, he went to high school there uh, and he ended up going to college. Uh, and I told him, I was like, bro, it's me and you, we can't lose this. And he was like, yeah, but I'm tired. I'm in foul trouble. Like he, you know, he was out of it. So I was just like, you know, coach, coach called me aside and he was just like, show, show, show who you are. Like, just go out there, do what you got to do. Like we stopped running plays. We, and we just basically we came up with a system of um, it was like we had the system. I don't know if you know uh, Phoenix. Yeah. Six seconds. Yeah. The seven seconds or less. Or less. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. 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 So we had the six seconds or less. Often. So it was just like we play defense like crazy. Full court press. You turn the ball over. We're going up for layup. You shoot the ball. 
rebound. Whoever catches the rebound pushes the ball and goes up for the if you, you get stopped, one pass shot. You know, that's how we were yeah. going. And um, yeah, we end up winning the game by one point uh oh. in double overtime. Jesus. That's crazy, bro. Yeah. One point in overtime. Sixty three I mean, points in high he, school. That's what fucking like blown my mind. Yeah. That's like Lonzo Bulls what? I mean, but it, it was it was it was fun though. Like for me, it was you know, it was like enjoying basketball, and it was like yeah, yeah. It, it was like no restrictions. It was like no limitations. It's just like I could do anything. And then sometimes people don't understand when people have these type of games. There's a there's a level of focus that you can come about once every couple of years, once in a lifetime, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, I've had those moments, uh, you know, a couple of times in my in my life where it's like, you can throw the ball up backwards and it'll go in. That's the level mm. of focus you got, you know? Yeah. It's not, it's not about, you know, it's not about anything. It's not, it's just, you gotta be focused on that day. Like you, you have to have something that inspires you. You know what I'm saying? And mm. for me, my inspiration at that point, it was just because I, I was playing against, some players that I knew um, and how bad I wanted the championship. And that was my inspiration. You know, if something inspires you so bad and, you know, you just kind of like go out there and your, your focus level is in a, in a whole different level. Yeah, yeah. I think um, Kobe sort of talked about like, um, I think I forgot what he called it, but it's like when you're in that space, you don't want to then break that space by knowing you're in that space. It's just, keep going, keep yeah. doing, keep doing what you're doing to stay in that space. Yeah. And like, just go off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now you don't, you don't, you don't ever double think yourself. You just um, at the at the at the at the, at the time, it, like you know, that mental space. It's like you kind of as you. Some people can train it to bring it at will, you know. Um, and it's like something like I remember that day. Um, I don't, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I remember somebody pissed me off. Uh, and I was really, really mad. And I was like, I didn't know who, what happened. Um, so when I went into the stadium, I wasn't talking to nobody. I didn't want to see nobody. I got on the court and I remember just looking at the trophy. You know, um, I just remember looking at the trophy and that's all I wanted. I, like, I wasn't thinking about schoolwork. I wasn't thinking about what I was having for dinner. I wasn't thinking about nothing except the trophy and on the court. That's it. I wasn't even thinking about the shots I was taking. That's how crazy it was. <laughs> just, just business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I forgot what people call it. I forgot what it's called. Um, <laughs> anyway, moving, moving on. So you're also defensive player of the year and a top five state player MVP throughout your high school career. Like, what did those uh, like awards mean to you? Um, I mean, you know, those are basically like. You know, when you're in the army, you get your stripes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's, that's, that's how I look at it. Um, you know, um, for me, like, I look at it as, like, you know, stripes. Um, you know, it's, I don't, I'm, I'm the type of person, like, okay, I get one award. That's me getting one stripe. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, what, what else do I need to do to get the next stripe? No, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. What you know? I don't. I don't. I don't sit there and sit, sit and celebrate. I have a 24-hour celebration on anything, and then we on to the next one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know they mean they mean a lot now. You know, getting older, 
Um, and looking back and just sitting down and going to my mom's house and looking at the trophy case, uh, looking at the jerseys that I've played for, and it's just like, wow, you know? But back then, it was just like hunger. Yeah, you, know, you always you, you always want to go on to the next thing. You know, you want to be the most successful. I mean, it's a good, it's a good yeah. like mentality to have. You know, because yeah, that's, 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 well that's what drives the greatest. That's what drives yeah. some of the greatest. You know, Kobe so then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, the biggest thing that like it wasn't so much like the the trophies that motivated me, um, yeah. but it was the the people that were talking. Oh, you know, I, I, I love, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it when people said he couldn't do it. You gotta do you one know. of those ones. When you, when you, when you, when you, when nah, you nah, nah. This, this is the thing. I, I never, I never come out. This is, this is the first time I'm actually yeah. coming out with this. I've never told anybody that that was motivating me because I didn't want them to stop talking. No, yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember at one point. Um, I remember when I was getting recruited and I was in the states. Um, you know, I went online. You know, just to look up, you know, news hey, and stuff that you. people. Yeah, and uh, there was a lot of blogs, you know, that people were talking, and I literally printed them out, and I still have the board that, I, and I put them right in my room, like, you know, people were saying, oh, he's not gonna make it, he's this, he's skinny, he's this, he's that, whatever, you know, and even people that I was playing with, you know, in Australia, they were saying a lot of comments that was like pretty hurtful, and I was just like, I'll literally wake up every day before I went to sleep, and when I wake up in the morning, I'll just look at it, you know. And yeah. Before you knew it, <laughs> you know I was killing it. You know, <laughs> that's and that's like that meant that drive to sort of just like prove them wrong, and then like just like when you and you just know it's like not everyone has to believe in you, but you just know in your mind like I'm gonna do it if you believe in me or not, sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We, we you know, so so belief is, is 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 very is very necessary. You know, believing believing in yourself, um, self belief and confidence that you you know you can do it. Um, you know also you got to be I'm 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 almost like I believe in myself to the moon and back but then I'm the first person to criticize myself if I mess up you know what I'm saying yeah Um, so it's like you got it's you know it's two ways um you know it can be just always believing 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 because now people are going to say that you're arrogant, you don't listen, you don't obey, you don't, you know, then it, it becomes negative, you know, but then also you got to believe in yourself. But then also when you, things are not going right and you mess up, you got to be like, okay, my bad. Yeah. This is how I'm going to exactly. fix it, you know? Okay, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get you. So then um, you sort of alluded to this before, but you also played um, volleyball and soccer, where you're also selected to the all-state team through these sports. Like, how do you, like, sort of remember playing volleyball and soccer during high school? Um, I mean, even when I started playing basketball, I was still playing uh, volleyball and soccer. Um, You know, because my mom played volleyball, uh, my dad played soccer, and, you know, it was just like the family thing, the family tradition. Um, You know, I I didn't make All-State in uh, all three sports in uh, different times and different schools. you know, but it was just like, for me, those kind of became more, you know, kind of like more, okay, I'm good at it. So I'm gonna just go play, you know, it would be like, yeah. my friend would be like, oh, you know, we need, we need, we need, we need you to join the, the team because we don't have a good midfielder, you know, we, you know, come play, 
You know, so oh, I yeah. just be like, all right, cool. Like, I got spare time. Shit, I need to get in shape, so I might as well go play, you know. Right, right. So what what position were you playing during soccer? I'm a midfielder. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, Para, para yeah. did get slept on for All-State left back. So, uh. <laughs> I, was a, I, was a bowler, I was a bowler at left back, I'm telling you. I was like a young Roberto Carlos. Yeah. Oh, allow it. <laughs> young I was a young, young, young Roberto Carlos. Uh, anyway, so, but before, so you talked about like um, – like your drive and stuff, but like, what was the drive before you declaring to like go to the draft and stuff? Like, what was the process, like your thought process behind that in uh, April, like on 2009 NBA draft? Um, okay. Okay, so confession time, right? This is the first time I'm telling the story. Hey, let the same exclusive. This is, this is, uh, nah, nah, you know what? You know what? I'm going to tell, because people don't know this. Um, it's actually yeah, yeah, going to yeah. be part of my book um, that I'm going to write because I do have unique experiences around the world. Yeah. You know, I've been to 40 plus countries, played in 20 plus countries. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, my draft process was uh, one of, um, weird and turns and um so like i finished in gold coast i remember and i left the team and i was just like you know what i need to get ready for the nba draft this is my dream um i went to the states i was working out uh and i remember i was just like my agent he'd come to my house every day because i was living in washington dc at the time and he'd just be like <sighs> every time he's like none of the teams want to look at you yeah. Like it's it's pretty difficult to open, you know for them to open the door and give you a workout or you know give you an interview or whatever because it is a job you got to interview for it you gotta you know yeah. you gotta go show your resume you know do a workout uh, and I was just like oh okay like at the point I at the time I wasn't looking at it. I was just more like okay workout 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 um, then I remember I went to then I got invited to this training camp uh, in Houston. Uh, with John Lucas. So it's like um, they're bringing all the players that teams didn't want to look at or teams don't, you know, it's like, okay, whatever. Like those guys are not good enough. Uh, and they bring them in and then all the teams will come and watch. Uh, the workout is actually on YouTube. Um, you know, I came in um, and I killed it. You know, I killed it. Um, then still like when my agent walks up to GM, they're just like, oh, you know, he's okay. but we're not interested. Um, you know, and that was like, it was like very hurtful because even the Washington Wizards, I lived right around the corner right. from the stadium and I used to go to their facilities to work out and they all know me by name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They didn't even want to give me a workout. Um, you know, so I was just, it was just like hurtful and, and that was like the motivation. And then I got invited to, you know, to the workout because I killed in the workout and I played as an international player. Uh, so I qualify in the draft as an international player. I got invited to Trevizo to Eurocamp. Okay. Um, you know, and I went to the Eurocamp and, uh, you know, the Eurocamp basically like first day, you know, it's like, it's like a camp. It's like a three day camp. So you do workouts, play games, and then you have the top players from all over the world. You have teams from all over the world that come in and, you know, you have everybody in there, like all the NBA teams are there all the EuroLeague teams, um, first day, they put me in as, as a center. Um, and I remember I got punched in the face, elbows, and I just wasn't, I, was, I wasn't ready for that. 
<laughs> no, I wasn't I wasn't ready for that. And um, you know, I, I remember going back into the room. Like I didn't even I didn't want to do anything. I, I just I didn't shower, didn't do nothing. I just fell asleep. Uh woke up at three AM. I just sat by the bed. Like I I didn't even know what was going on with me. Like T V wasn't on, I wasn't talking to anybody. It was just me by myself in my room. Um and then I remember my agent like mm-hmm. he called me at like seven AM knocked on my door he's like oh you ready to go to breakfast and i was like yeah and he looked at me he's like yo what's wrong with you i was just like i don't i don't know like you know and he sat down and he was just like you know it's not under the world and he just gave me like a like you know a friend talk um you know and when he gave me the talk it was just like I, i broke down uh you know because at that point it was just like okay i felt like the whole world was against me you know what I'm saying at the point, and I just broke down like I literally broke down like a baby crying for the first time in my life. I never cry, and I just broke down. And I remember he was just like, "All right, I'll be back in a you know in a few minutes." Uh, he's not. Nah, he said, "I'll be back at nine to pick you up to go to breakfast." Uh, you know, for the for training camp. You know, the next day, second day. And I remember I closed the door, and I I literally sat and prayed. <laughs> I literally sat and I just started praying. I just say, God, this is this is all I want. This is all I, I need you today. Out of every day in my life, I need you. And I just prayed for 30 minutes. Um, you know, and just went downstairs. We had breakfast. And I remember I went into the camp. And because I did so bad the next day, they started me on the bench this time. You know what I'm saying? Like even the drills, I was the last person. They put me in the back of the line. They sided me on the bench. And I remember when we came to the scrimmage part, like whenever it came to the drill section, I would kill. But then whenever we came to like being on the court, you know, I wasn't doing well because I was out of position. And yeah. I, I don't know what was wrong with me, state fright or something. So I remember we came to the first scrimmage. The first scrimmage was, I think it was like 3 p.m. or something. And I was on the bench. And the first quarter, so we're playing 12-minute quarters. The first quarter was like we were down, we were getting killed. Um, and then the coach, he was the assistant coach for the New York Knicks um, at the time. He he looked her down the bench. He's like, and on the other team, the person that was killing us was Evan Fournier. Oh, boy. So he was, uh, he was like, can somebody stop this? You know, he started cussing. He's like, can somebody stop this? So I was just like, me, I put my hand up, you know, and he looked at me, laughed, and walked away, you know, basically laughed in my face. Um, So he called, he called the timeout. Uh, It was like maybe like three or four minutes ago, he called the timeout. And he was just like, y'all want to win? What's what's going on? Like, yeah, this is like the championship game. You want to be drafted? You want to win? Somebody stop this. I told him, coach, put me in the game. Give me a minute. Let me let me show you what I can do. So you know he's like, okay, go in the game. So instead of putting me at the four, he put me at the three. In order to guard Evan Fournier, um, and basically what I did was just like, you know, pick him up full court. So what people didn't know is that I was working out with um, with Sam Cassell at one point, and I was working out with Gary Payton during the summer before. So I had learned tricks from them, mm. um, you know, and it was like, it got pretty feisty out there. 
you know, if he, if sometimes he will make moves where he's fast and I'll literally grab my shorts where the referee couldn't see and I was pulling out all the tricks and stuff, you know, held him down to two points when I got in the game. You know, the game, the first quarter was over, second quarter came, locked him up two points, the whole, the rest of the three quarters, right? Now, on offense, on offense, I remember I scored like 21 points. Um, and it was just like I couldn't miss anything that I was shooting. Yeah. It was like one of those I couldn't miss. And it was just like that's like for real, for real. A lot of people would say like I believe in God. I do this. I do that. Whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm Christian. That was a day I believed that God existed. When that yeah. happened, that's when I was like, okay, God exists. Because it was like I was shooting threes from damn near half court and I was making them, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I was like, I couldn't miss, you know? And it was just like, and after the game, I remember after the game, you know, I had like, you saw all this, all the, all the scouts and the NBA GM just get up and walk to my agent. They just walked to my agent and then they had their meeting. And I remember I had to go to dinner, you know, we went to dinner and then my agent came in and he had a, a stack of business cards like this from all the teams. Um, and then he was just like, all right, so Which one? you have you have seven workouts in seven days. You think you can do it? I was like, yeah. He's like, all right. So we start in LA. Hey. I was like, what do you mean LA? He's like, oh, you got the Lakers. Lakers first, um, then the Clippers, San Antonio, uh, Phoenix, uh, Cleveland, New York, and then somebody else. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, it's cool. You fly business class, you get picked up in a nice car. Like, so it wasn't a hostile lifestyle, it was cool. And then I remember I went to the Laker workout, you know, um, it was like a couple of days before the draft at this point, I went to the Laker workouts and we started doing like drills and stuff and I was killing. And then I remember we did one-on-one and I was killing, two-on-two killing. When we came to the three and three, now mind you, Magic Johnson, bus, everybody was was sitting up watching. Jeez. We came to the three and three, halfway through the three and three, 45 minutes into a two-hour workout. Um, Mitch Kupchak, which is a jam, he came down. He's like, workout is finished. I was like, what? He's like, so I thought I was in trouble. He's like, workout is finished. Go shower up. Uh, we'll meet you in the office. I was like, okay. So I went and showered up. Now, I'm, everybody's in the in the shower room, like in the locker room, like, oh, what happened? Like, you know, somebody felt a drug test. What's going on? Like, yeah. you know, we were there like, because the workout finished after 45 minutes. And that's a two-hour workout. Uh, then they tell, they tell everybody, oh, you know, go back to the hotel. And when I was trying to go back to the hotel, they told me, oh, just wait up. I was like, okay. So they're like, uh, you got to go up to the office and meet. So I sat down in the office and I remember when I showed up to the meeting, most people just show up looking t-shirt, shirt, button up, whatever. I showed up in a full business suit. Um, you know, I showed up in a business suit and he, they were like, you know, you're a professional, like, you, you know, uh, and I remember that we had a meeting and it, it felt like I was being interrogated by the FBI. You know, they knew everything about me, things that I, the things that I did in high school. You know, they knew every little thing about me. Um, you know, I'd ask the questions, you know, straight up, um, you know, and then I left the office, went back to the hotel and they had called my agent 
and they told my agent to cancel all the workouts, every other workout that I had for other teams. So, and then when it came draft night, um, I remember I fell asleep because uh, I was like working out. We No, we had pickup that day. I came back and I fell asleep on draft day. Um, and then my agent just came running into my room uh, because we, we had uh, a couple people over. So he came knocking on the door, pushed the door open, just ran in and just jumped on top of me in the bed and just started like picking me up and like shaking me. So, yeah, I mean, it was an experience of a, you know, lifetime. That's elite. That's sick. So you didn't actually hear your name being yeah. called on, on draft day? No, they recorded it. They recorded it and then they rewinded for me. Because when they woke me up, they didn't even tell me I got drafted. They just right. came celebrating and pulled me into the room. Uh, and then I heard my name um, being called. Um, and I just remember, like, it wasn't like, I wasn't happy and I wasn't sad. But then when I picked up the phone to call my mom, I started crying mm. on the phone. You know, when I call, because like my mom was like the only person that has never said one bad thing about what I did. You know what I'm saying? Like she, mm -hmm. she picked me up every morning. She made sure I, you know, I got to practice on time. She made sure I had everything I needed, shoes, whatever. If I needed Jordans, she would make sure I got Jordans, you know, so she always made sure that I got everything I had. So when I called her, I told her that, you know, and I didn't even say that I got drafted. I was just like, we made it. You know what I'm saying? She's like, what do you mean we made it? And I remember she was at work. She's like, I was like, mom, we made it. We going to LA. She was like, what do you mean we're going to LA? Like, like, mom, I got drafted by the Lakers. And she was like, what? And she started screaming on the phone. And just, she, she just, and you know, African moms, like, yeah, they go wild. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. And that actually kind of like brought some, uh, some tears to my eye because, you know, it was like, you know, so much not like, it's, it was like our dream. You right. Know what yeah. I'm saying? So, mm. yeah. So, I, like, I was proud that I achieved that dream for my mom. Yeah. I already know if I said that to my mom, my mom would be like, who's the Lakers? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you talking to? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, trying to think, like, 2009, 2009 was the year the Lakers won it, wasn't it? No, he got drafted in um, 2011, 2012. 2012? 2011. Yeah, sorry. 2011, that's right. 2011, um, so, yeah. um, 2011 was Dallas. Oh, Dallas. Uh, 2012, 2012 was um, with Miami. Yeah. Uh, um, if we quickly run back to your UConn days, um, mm -hmm. you, so you, you told us about um, deciding to go to UConn. What was your experience like playing for, um, playing for the UConn Huskies? Um... It was like almost a party, man. It was like a party. Um, I hate it. You know, I remember. <laughs> nah, but it was just like, I remember coming in, first day in practice, getting to fight. Um, yeah, you know, with, yeah. with, with Jeff Adrian. Um, you know, because we both, we both pop forwards. You know, he's, yeah. a, he's a junior, I'm a freshman. And I remember Coach Calhoun coming in saying, okay, Jeff, he's taking your, your starting spot straight oh. up to everybody on the team. Uh, and I remember Jeff trying to bully me. But then for me, like what people don't understand that I'm skinny, but I'm strong as hell and I'm crazy as hell. So like, I don't care who you are. Like I'm gonna fight you. 
So we got into a fight, like an actual fight on the court, and nobody held us back. You know, we got into a fight. Then coach brought us to the office, and he was like, he told me, he's just like, this is what we want. Like, we want warriors. We want fighters. We don't want nobody backing down. Um, uh, and then second day, this is during training camp. So training camp is different. You get a white T-shirt. doesn't say anything, like a prison white T-shirt, prison white <laughs> shorts, all school shorts. Right, you don't get no Nike shoes. You don't get no Nike, nice Nike shoes. You don't, don't get nothing. You gotta earn everything. You gotta earn it. If you don't earn it, you don't wear that. And you, there's certain things you gotta do, you know, to pass the test in order to earn those, the, you know, the uniform of the Huskies. Um, and I remember Coach Cajon coming in. He was just like, you know, put your hand up if you come in here to win a championship, or put your hand up if you come in here to get an education. You know, and he literally separated the team. And he was just like, if you came in for education, cool, fine. No problem. You'll be over there. You're not going to play this season. You're going to sit on the bench. You're just going to sit on the bench. You're going to be our practice dummies. And then if you came in to win, go to the other side. You know, I went to the side who wanted to win. And it was just like schoolwork, basketball, nothing else. Like, it was just like basketball, 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 you know. Um, so yeah, so that was like the first week and it was just like, it was a week of hell. Uh, I remember we had to run Cemetery Hill, like, which, which is like an hour run. You got to run an hour at a certain pace. Um, you know, you do, you live twice a day. Um, and then, yeah, and it was just, it was fun. Like it was, you know, parties, the lifestyle was just it's almost like if you're not disciplined, it's gonna catch you off guard. And yeah, you know, that's the reason like people add like that's the reason why a lot of players don't make it to the NBA or don't get drafted or don't even play overseas because they get caught up in the lifestyle in college. Because I promise you, yeah. like a lot of a lot of good NBA players, a lot of good college players don't make it professional because they get caught up. Mm. You know, like, like yeah. Everyone we everyone we talk to about like American colleges just like always rave about it. And then me and me and Pat was just like university in Australia just sucks. Yeah, Australian <laughs> university sucks, very compared to yeah, the um, American college. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's mean so mo every university is like its own. It's like its own city. So every university, mm-hmm. it's like its own city. So like Yukon, it's like it's like Yukon, the city of Yukon. Like oh, okay, so we yeah. had our own hospitals, we had libraries, we had park clubs, we had everything. Like, and it was in the middle of nowhere. So it's like, like, and you have the oldest person, the oldest student would be like what, twenty six, twenty seven. You know, oh, so yeah. everybody that makes just so like much more sense. Partying, yeah, you know, enjoying life. That makes so much more sense. It's like Melbourne, you have yeah, like, so yeah. it's just like, and then like Melbourne, if the professor, you got a bell, but like, like, I feel like forty five year olds in my class. Yeah, so, <laughs> and 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 most and most and most of the universities are not actually in in the cities. Most of the universities yeah, are out, yeah. outside, like they they own those cities. That makes That's more crazy. sense because it's then like you just have the students, and it's just like, damn, yeah. I'm, I might leave. I might leave. No, it's just, it just it's just like okay, you leaving your parents' home. You go live by yourself, you know, you just, everything that you did not, you know, your parents said, no, don't do. Now you, you, <laughs> you do it. <laughs> and then, and then oh, being yeah. a basketball player, being a basketball player, you have every night, you have millions of people watching on TV. You have 40,000 fans 
at the games every day cheering your name. So like on campus, you you're a celebrity. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So mm. of course you're gonna enjoy that. Especially a school like UConn as well, which is huge. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So then um I think oh yeah you go you go you go. No, I think what Pat was trying to offer is like in first in two thousand nine you declared for the draft, but then a week before the draft, you decided to go back to UConn? Yeah, uh, yeah. Could you sort of talk to us a bit about that? Um, it was just, it was just me getting ahead of myself. I just got caught up. <laughs> I just, you know, to be honest with you, um, I got the wrong advice uh, because at the time, um, the mock draft had me as a first round, as a first round pick. Um, you know, and I remember I was just like, if the mock draft had me as a first round pick, so why not? Uh, you know, so I just was like, all right, let me try it. Uh, and I remember Coach Calhoun called me. He was just like, this is not the time for you. Like, you're going to mess up your career and you're going to mess up everything that you've built so far. Um, you know, and he just, we just had a chat. And, and that's when I came to respect Coach Calhoun. Mm. because he didn't have a chat like a coach. He had a chat like he was my father, you know, and he just, he just give me advice, you know, just telling me like, listen, this is, this is what you need to do. Um, it's like the decision is up to you at the end of the day, but this is what I'm advising you to do. Um, yeah. And I was just like, you know what? I wasn't ready for this. You know, I remember I worked out for Gold State though. That was, a, that was a nice experience. <laughs> yeah. So that was fun. Um, yeah. So that was my only workout that I had. Uh, and then I just after after I remember after the work I just told I just told everybody I was just like I'm gonna go back to college I'm not ready for the NBA. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so what was what do you reckon your like favorite part or like your best experience was throughout your college career? Final Four, Michigan. Mm. Ooh, seventy-two thousand fans in a football stadium. Jeez. That, that's crazy. That would be Final four. Listen, Final four. listen, the most hostile situation I've not I've ever been in, but it was pretty hostile because we were playing Michigan State in Michigan. Mm. So it was it was pretty yeah. wild. Um, you know, they had like said I, I remember they said it was like seventy two thousand fans in the stadium. Um, you know. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so that was kind of like, I think it was like uh, the biggest experience. And then I remember my first, my first game, um, you know, I'm a starter. And I remember like for five minutes, I didn't, I didn't do nothing. I, you know, I was playing proper basketball and being professional, you know, in the quote unquote term. Uh, <laughs> and I remember I caught the ball, I caught the ball and I dribbled, I brought the ball up, you know, because at some point, like the system we were running, it required me to bring the ball up sometimes. So I was bringing the ball up and instead of going for, instead of passing it and getting a flare, you know, I'd say, you know, after this, let me show what I got. And I went between the legs crossover. I shot the ball, you know, and it wasn't a bad shot. It wasn't yeah. a bad move. It wasn't a bad shot. The ball hit, you know, the back of the rim. It was almost going in and bounced off. And I remember I turned around. I remember I heard the timeout. I turned around. I'm at half court. I turned around. Coach Calhoun was in my face. And he was just, you mother motherfucker. Do you think this is an NBA? Do you think you're playing street ball? This, da, da, da. And he just, yeah. the whole time, he's walking behind my back. I'm, I remember, I'm just like, all right, 
I'm gonna punch this old man in the head. <laughs> and I remember walking, walking back to the to the bench. I remember walking back to the bench, and he just kept walking behind me, talking. And then he was just like, he kept. I remember telling the assistant coach, um, Andre Lafleur. You know, he played in Australia, and his wife is from Australia. And I remember him going off on Andre. Andre, this is one of your Australian motherfuckers that you're <laughs> here. So I want you to address it. And he was just like, just going off. And then I went and sat down. And he was like, no, don't sit down. I don't want you to sit down. Go sit at the end of the bench. And I was just like, yo, what's wrong with this dude? Like, and he just benched me for the rest of the game. I was oh, like, no. Hey, this is a whole different animal. <laughs> so, yeah, those 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 are some pretty you know some pretty cool experiences. So then I know. You know. <laughs> and then crazy. I remember um I remember we had like it was like what we were playing Texas. So Texas was number one. And I think we were like twenty something. And then I don't know what happened. Coach was just like this is your game. Like, he was just like, this is your game today. I'm going to play you 40 minutes. Like, he's just like, I'm going to play you 40. I was like, okay, cool. So I went out there. So at the point, at the time, I was like, shit, coach, because coach, the whole practice, the whole week of practice, he was just like putting me out there, like just letting me hoop. Like he, he wasn't restricting. So I remember I was like, all right, this is my day to shine. I remember I had the uh, limited edition LeBron, all black leather, <laughs> like I was feeling myself, you know, went and got my hair braided. Went out there and I remember like from tip off, like, cause everybody had us to lose the game. And I remember from tip off, it was just like, we just started going at him, like hammer him. Like I had the first dunk. And then I remember Stanley coming down, catching a lob, you know, like, Mm, we're just going at it, and I just remember the end of the yeah. game. We knocked the we knocked the number one seed off. Like we just knocked them off. Yeah. Um, you know, so that was like a pretty cool experience right there. Uh, and then I remember another time. I don't know if you guys know Stanley Robinson. Um, he 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 ain't never played professional, um, but I remember him uh, windmilling on a on a player in a game. Shit. Uh, yeah, and that left me speechless. He's uh he's about six eight, and he just had bounce. He just had bounce. Uh, you know, if I could find the clip, I'm gonna send it to you guys. And he just <laughs> in a game, he just came. Uh, they threw him a lob. So instead of catching the lob and dunking it, he just caught the lob. And it, it was a seven footer. He just caught it the ball and just brought it down and dunked it. Oh, and no. <laughs> that's disrespectful. Yeah. That is disrespectful. Yeah, disrespectful. Year, I wish, but. I wish, like when we were in high school, I wish like people like I think on our team we had one guy that was six three and he played and he on center dunk. and he hit, he couldn't dunk. Yeah. Nah, he was just six four, six five. Awesome, no, awesome. No, yeah. We had we had this kid. We had this kid. He's um, mate. You remember Mason, Fletch? The oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he could dunk. He was like he was mad, bro. He was huge. He just dunked I mean, everything in game just, as well. Mm-hmm. Just shows Australian fossil is nowhere near the level of American basketball. Uh, it'll get there. Give it time. Give it time. <laughs> no, nah, no. Nah, the the oh. thing is, it's just um, Australia's and uh, basketball is not the number one sport in Australia. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's that makes it a little bit different. You know, we lose a lot of our athletic players to other sports. That's yeah, like AFL, rugby, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, but AFL. basketball 
it's just like you know one thing it's just like football basketball and nothing else you know what I mean? mm. so it's like it's 50 50 between the two of them basically mm. so then um yeah. in september 2009 you left yukon to like then to pursue professional basketball what was the reason for leaving yukon uh it was just getting caught up uh you know i got caught up in a lot of nonsense with the ncaa um and it was just like a best choice choice for me to just leave you know it was just um sometimes you gotta you know despite of how sweet something is if it's causing you more harm than good then you just gotta be like all right i gotta go like this is not a place for me anymore um you know yukon was home for me and uh i felt at home like you i you know it was like a place the guys on the team you know kemba Jerome, Hashim, everybody, they were like brothers to me. Like they, they treat me like brothers and stuff. Uh, Coach was like our father, um, you know, but it came down to a point where it was just like, there was a lot of unnecessary attention that I was getting, um, you know, due to, to the mystery of the player that I am. Um, you know, because a lot of people didn't know anything about me. I just showed up in the scene. Um, and people, you know, the NCAA was doing investigations on me, trying to figure out if I got paid, if I did this, if I did that, if I yeah, committed any yeah. violations. Oh. Um, you know, and I just came to a decision. I was just like, you know what? I don't need this. Like, yeah, it's it's killing me because I was doing, I was, every little thing I did, if I go out to the club, you know, next day I'm having an interview. What did you spend? What did you buy? Where did you get the money? We didn't see your bank statement. Who pays for your phone bill? Who does this? Who does that? Who does that? Mm. And I'm just like, do you guys not understand that? Okay, my family, like, I have family that, that are millionaires. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, just because I don't flash, I don't wear jewelry and stuff. Like, if I go to Sudan, my father is a minister. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like, we have yeah. money. So don't get it twisted. You know what I'm saying? Um, and they kept, like, just bugging me. They kept bugging me about the smallest little things. And I was just like, all right, like, I just, it was just like over. I remember I did an interview. Um, you know, I remember I went out with, with the volleyball girls um, to a club um, and came back. And we had taken pictures and stuff. And the girls posted it um, on social media. And they saw it. Um, and then they come into the office the next day. They're just like, oh, so you guys got a table, blah, blah, blah. Who paid for it? Blah, 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 all this. And they started asking me a whole bunch of ridiculous, like, questions. And I was just like, you know what? I just told them, I'm like, you know what? I paid for everything myself, you know? And I have a job on campus. I make this amount of money. And then after the meeting, I was just, I just went to Coach Collins' office. I just told him, you know what? I'm tired. Like, I'm tired. I'm tired of this. Yeah. You know? And see, I always and I be bugging as well. That. Oh, they're, they're so bad with it, bro. They, they get everyone as well. Like, who, yeah. who was the recent? Who was the recent one? That it was like um, the last year, wasn't it? Who was the top? What's his name? It was the number um projected number one pick. I can't remember his name now. Yeah, I can't remember his name. I, anyway, it doesn't matter. But like, even he was just getting invested. He's getting investigated and stuff. I was just like, well, leave the man alone. Like, seriously, can can someone just you know come piss off? Yeah. <laughs> It's just annoying. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, it, it's just, for them, you know, for them, it's a business. They got to yeah. protect their business, you know. So I don't ever fault a person for doing what they got to do. They got to do what they got to do. I got to do what I got to do. <laughs> you know, if I, if I, if you sign with the NCAA, and I remember when I left school, I had choices to go um, 
to go professional or go to uh, uh, to a non uh, NCAA school because they have two, they have NCAA and then they have another category. So some schools that don't go under the NCAA system. Uh, okay. So I had a chance to go to, to those schools um, and I was just like, nah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? At this point, I just like, I'm not going to transfer, sit out for another year and this and that and have to deal with all that. I was just like, I'm done yeah. with this. And I just left. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait. Um. Were you a part of that team that that UConn team with Kemba that went like, where Kemba went like I can't remember now. It was like that game winner against McGee. Yeah. 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 No, I was I, w- I was there. I was there until. Um. I remember I was there until uh, the Big East, the Big East tournament. Okay. I was there until the Big East tournament, and then I left. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then, um, it, was James, it was James Wiseman, by the way, the guy that got investigated. Yeah, okay, yeah, James Wiseman. Uh-huh. James Wiseman, he got investigated um, for taking yeah. bribes from some Duke or something like that. From no, from um, Penny Hardaway. Oh. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Anyway. Yeah. So then he made the professional debut for the Turkish club FMV Ixpor in Istanbul. Yeah. What was like that first feeling of professional basketball? Um, well, when I got there, I got off the plane. So in my head, so what people don't know is, is that I actually signed in France before I actually went to Turkey. Um, oh, okay. I signed in France um, and do, we, there was some contract issues. I actually went to France and actually landed and I actually was there with the team. Uh, there was some contract um problems so my agent was just like this is not a good situation for you because the team is very shady um you know in the contract there's a lot of things that didn't make sense so I ended up my agent was just like listen I'm gonna put you for a week in uh Chandelier in Paris and I just wild it out for a week and then I ended up signing in Turkey uh, when I got to Turkey in my head now I'm in I'm in Paris you know having <laughs> yeah. fun yeah and yeah. in my head he was like, oh, you signed in Istanbul. So I'm like, okay, Istanbul. I'm thinking Istanbul. I don't have any good ideas about Istanbul. Uh, so I, got, I landed in Istanbul. It was like old airport, whatever. You know, they took me to the apartment, you know, decent apartment. Went to practice. Then we had a game. The second night I got, the third night I got there. Uh, and it was an away game. And we were playing against... Um, Bashitash, and at the time they had Allen Iverson. Oh, Allen Iverson! When we top ten player, so we were in the we were in the bus, um, and I remember I never experienced this because in college the fans are hostile, but not that hostile. So yeah. when I got there, it was like you turn, you come down the drive to the stadium, and you turn, and you just had probably like three, four thousand fans just standing there waiting for you, booing you pushing the bus, like booing you, uh, you know, so they have riot police with like shields and helmets and everything. And they just kind of got off, off, off the bus. You get off the bus quickly. Like you don't stand, you don't walk around. You just get off the bus, go straight to the locker room. They force us into the locker room. I'm like, as soon as that happened, I started kind of getting nervous. I'm like, okay, what the hell is going on over here? Um, you know, we got inside, we got changed. Then I'm going to the court to shoot. They're like, oh, you can't be on the court yet. 
I'm like, why? He's like, it's not safe. I'm like, what do you mean it's not safe? He's like, yeah, it's not safe. Like, you got to wait in the locker room until the whole team comes out. So I'm like, oh, cool. no. we all come out. We come, I didn't see the court yet. We come out to the court. So between the fans and the, and the players, we had, we sit under like a soccer shield thing. So the fans don't throw anything at us, Damn. you know, and we had like nets behind us. We had riot police. And I was just like, yo, what is this? And then during the game, it got so foggy from the, from the tear gas, from the gas that they were lighting up or whatever. I couldn't breathe. There was a, uh, there was like little mini pops, like the, I don't know what they call they like Party go poppers. off. Yeah, it's, it's like really loud. There oh, was, okay. Those were going off. I'm on the bench. I'm just like, yo, what's going <laughs> on? Like, you know, um, you know, so that was like, that was my experience. And then after that, I was just like, what is this? You know, it was like a whole different scene for me. I wasn't used to that. Istanbul takes their no. basketball very seriously. <laughs> no, no, too no, serious. Very <laughs> but at the same time, how is this productive for the home team? Like, this must be just as distracting. Scare tactics. Scare tactics. tactics. Yeah. Uh, moving on. So you, you signed for the Perth Wildcats as an NBL injury replacement player. Um, what was the reasoning like coming back to Australia? Um, I mean, it was just like a coincidence because I, I left uh, when I left Istanbul. Um, there was actually an issue where the team, uh, one of the Euroleague teams was trying to buy me out from the, from the Turkish team, um, but they didn't want to sell me. Um, and I was just like, I was just like, I was off it. You know, I was just like, I don't want to be here, you know, if I can't move up in my career. So I just left the team. Uh, and then when I got the offer, I remember I landed, I landed on the 23rd. I got the offer on the 23rd at night. And they wanted me on the plane on the 24th. Um, and at the time, I was just like, all right, like, perfect, cool. Like, you know, <laughs> it was just like right there. It was like the perfect timing. So I was just like, all right, cool. Perth yeah. is kind of nice, though. Perth is nice. <laughs> so you became sort of a fan favorite in Perth because of your shot blocking ability. Do you sort of wish that you were able to stay, Perth for, stay in Perth for a longer period of time? Um. Yes and no. Um, you know, people don't understand my mentality um, when it comes to, like, my career and my career choices. Um, most people wouldn't want to stay in one place, build a home, this and that. Um, for me personally, due to my own reasons, uh, I prefer to travel, move around, uh, see the world. Um, you know, so me being in Perth, it it would have just been like I would not have not experienced you know playing in Israel, playing in Lebanon, playing in China. You know I I would not have experienced all those stuff. You know, um, so for me it was just like I would not have wouldn't stay there. You know, and then also like I would not have gotten drafted or I would have stayed in Perth. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's because everything happens for a reason. Uh, every decision that I make leads another choice that I have to make. So, you know, but. Like playing for Perth, um, those eight weeks, it was like amazing, man. It was like yeah. fan, you know, the fans were really cool, very supportive, um, you know. And I, I had a good time. I had a good time. I mean, I, I, you know, now, you know, if 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 I had an offer to go back to Perth, I would definitely sign, um, you know, for a long period of time. Uh, 
you know, it's now is not now is the time to kind of like leave a standing legacy. Um, you know, so now as I'm in a place where it's all right, y'all want to sign me for three years. All right, cool. I'm going to be here for three years. Like, you know what I'm saying? Cause yeah, you know, now you have like, you're trying to build a family, you're trying to settle down. So it's just like, you don't want to be traveling anymore. But when yeah, I was yeah. younger, it would have been a bad idea. I yeah. mean, Melbourne, Melbourne, if you're Melbourne, you're hearing it here, you know, I don't know about Melbourne. Um, I mean, they already have their team set. I mean, they, they, they already have their team set. Um, and and mo- yeah. most of the time, I don't really sign with teams that are already, you know, yeah, up yeah. there. Um, you know, most likely, if I was going to sign with any other team, I would probably sign with, like, the Hawks. You know, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, like that. You know, I always like sign with the underdog teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had um Emmett Emmett Nar from the Illawarra Hawks on a couple of weeks ago. So, guys, yeah, yeah. dynamic yeah. duo. <laughs> It'd be a bit closer yeah. to home for you as well, wouldn't it? Because closer to Sydney. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Underdog team in Sydney, you can't you can't write it. You know, I can see it happening. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, if they if they if they offer, you know, I wouldn't say no, but you know, it's just like kind of like how how it works, you know. Um, yeah. And you got to look at it, you know. I, I'm at a point in my life where I've been through so many contract negotiations. I've wrote my own contract at this point, and you just get to see by the team's dynamics and the league's dynamics which teams are potentially going to sign you and which teams are not even going to look yeah. at you, despite how good you are, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, um, um, after your time, so after your time in Perth, you thought that you taught us a bit. You went to the Gold Coast Blaze for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. What was that like before you entered the um NBA draft? Um, honestly, so I told myself I was gonna come in and just be real honest with you guys. I wasn't even focused on basketball when I was in the Gold Coast. Go Coast is Go Coast. I was there <laughs> partying, enjoying life. Um, you know, and it was just like, because when I first came, it was just like, and this is part of what makes a person or a professional or a player who they are. Um, I came in there because of how I, because when I was in Perth, I was like the, in the, like the, they said I was going to be rookie of the, the year and, you know, possibly defensive team and all of this. Like, there was a lot of talks about me. So I expected when I went to Gold Coast that everything was just going to be handed to me in a platter, Um, you know, and I came in with that mindset. um, And that really quickly kind of, like, slapped me in the face. Uh, And then when that happened, instead of me saying, all right, I'm going to work for it, I just said kind of like, oh, so you're just going to see me on the bench? Cool. Like, I'm going to just go out and party. You know, the night before the game, I'm going out and party. I'm doing whatever I got to do. Um, you know, uh, and that experience taught me, you know, to how to be a professional. You know, what to do and what not to do, you know. Yeah. But it was, it was, a, it was a good experience. And, I'm, like, for some of our listeners that don't know, Gold Coast, you know, Gold Coast is crazy. It's like the Vegas. It's like the, it's like the Vegas <laughs> yeah. of Australia. It's so easy it's to get caught up, especially in Gold Coast. I wouldn't know. I didn't go to school East, but you did talk so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah, for, for sure. I mean, Gold Coast, oh, Gold Coast was crazy. 
so then um we so then you entered the draft you got drafted and then that 2011 2012 season you signed for the Slovakian league and played for Nitra what was sort of that second stint of another country and getting to play play there um so I signed there um because they were actually in the Euro Cup yeah Uh, so that's the league that's under the Euro League um so that's the reason why I signed there. And when I signed there, so Nitra's like, you know, all Soviet Union, crazy old building, cold as hell. You know, when I got there, um, it was just like depressing. Um, I mean, it was just depressing for me. Uh, but when it came to on the court, I remember like we were traveling, we played in Spain, we played in France, we played in different places. Um, and I was actually like really killing. Uh, you know, the basketball part was kind of like fun and which kept me motivated. But when it came off the court, I was just like, I was off it. I was depressed. I didn't want to be there, you know. Mm. Yeah. Um, So you went back to the States and then you played in the Summer League. Uh, What was it like being able to experience playing in the Summer League in in 2012? Um. I mean, summer league is a summer league. To be honest, like that's what I just say. It's a summer league. Um, it's pretty much the teams pretty much already know who they're gonna play, who they want to see, who they're gonna keep, who they're gonna have on the team. It's already pretty much determined before you even yeah. get there. Um, you know, I mean, it was experience. Uh, you know, for me, I got to hang out with a lot of professional players. I got to meet a lot of people. Um, you know, I got to hang out a lot of like you know NBA all-stars hall of famers and it's just like it was more like a learning experience and just enjoying life uh it wasn't so much about basketball um it was more about learning the culture um that's how I took it as um you know but when I was on the court you know I still did what I had to do played well did what I had to do um you know but it was more like kind of learning you know learning how to be you know professional so then um, following that, in 2014, you signed for the Los Angeles Defenders, an NBA G League team, well, D League at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, what was sort of that experience of like playing in the NBA D slash G League? <laughs> um, I mean, it was cool. Like, um, so what happened was um, I had gotten an offer uh, from the Lakers um, and I took the offer, but then I had to prove myself, you know, before I can kind of actually sign. Um, I had to prove myself in the D League. Um, so it was them testing me. So when I got in there, I had a little, you know, a lot of privilege. So I got to work out with the first team. I got to hang out with a lot of the players in the first team. So it was like a great learning experience. And then also living in LA, um, it was like really, really fun. Um, <laughs> I'm talking about like really, really fun, <laughs> um, which is, uh, and it was cool though. Like it was, it was cool. We get to travel the world, you know, you get to play against, you know, very top competition. Uh, and then when you come home and I'm in LA, you know, I'm working out, Kobe walks in and he's like, Hey, young fella, you need to do that. Da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? You walk, you working out, you, have, you know, you have Dwight okay. Howard walking in. You have Paul Gasol walking in, Steve Nash, whatever, you know, <laughs> you, play, you know, or you got like, 
you know, Steve Nash coming, I bet you can't beat me one-on-one. You know what I'm saying? So like, it, was like, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. You know, it was a lot of fun. And that I mean, Lakers like, team was starstruck. Oh, was like, to see was... everyone. Like, Jesus. Did you ever get to, like, speak to, like, Kobe? Like, did you ever have that moment with Kobe where he gave you some, like, advice and you took that with you, like, on to your next adventure? Um, so, me, um, and Beans, uh, we have a very, very, we have a very, very long history. Um, so I had a, I went to a camp and he was there. He's, uh, he was one of the speakers when I was in high school. Uh, and when we had a photo op, like, you know, he took photos at the end of the camp and, uh, and I told you, and I told, and I was like, I'm gonna beat your ass one day. You know, that's what I told him. I'm like, I'm gonna beat you one day. I'm gonna be a teammate. You know, and he looked at me and laughed, right? Um, so when I got drafted, um, when I got drafted, then I had to fly to LA the next day. So when I got to the office, you know, no, actually when I got to the hotel, I got to the hotel, I put my bags down and then I had to go to the office, the practice facility. And when I first walked into the practice facility, I had the picture, you know, me and Kobe. Um, and I was just like, I just asked Mitch, I was just like, uh, is Mr. Brian here? And he's like, no, 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 he's not here. So I was just like, can you please just send him this picture and just tell him, you know, I said, what's up? And he looked at me like I was crazy. Uh, and you know what, what, what most people don't understand is that Kobe is one of the most competitive to the point what I said to him that he day, <laughs> he remembered. Uh, that's how you like. That's how you can tell the, how focused this dude was. He, he remembered me saying that because, you know. And then when when he texted him that and showed him the picture, uh, he called. He rang on the phone. So I'm on the phone now. When I was on the phone, I was kind of a little bit shy and a little bit kind of like nervous. <laughs> uh, and he was just like, "Yeah, you know, you you did it. You know, welcome to the team." Blah blah blah. And he was like, "You know what? I didn't forget you." Because I knew if I ever saw you in the NBA, you was about to get the business. <laughs> uh, damn. I just, I, I put a bullseye on my back. <laughs> you know, so he, I remember going into the locker room um, and then I was getting changed. You know, Steve Nash came in and he had a photo shoot that day. Uh, you know, and he, was, we sat down, we started talking and stuff. Um, like a week later, um, I remember he used to work out early. Like by the time we come in there, like eight, nine a.m., he's finished his workout. He's drenched in sweat, um, you know. And I was just like, okay, one day I came in. Uh, I think it was like seven a.m., you know. And I was just, you know, coming in, and I was like, so the practice facility. There's some places where you can see into the practice facility, but nobody can see you. So I actually yeah. sat in one of those rooms and I actually watched him. Uh, you know, I actually watched the workout. And then right before he finished, I walked on the court, you know, and I told him, hey, what's up? Um, and he's like, what's up, young fella? How you doing? And he was sitting on the side, you know, so I went out there and started working out. Uh, you know, he started working out. I started working out and stuff. And then he, he came on the court and he was just like, yeah, the pivot, you know, and he basically taught me uh, the spin move like how to be efficient with the spin move because my spin move used to be very robotic because it wasn't really in my mechanics, you know, yeah. because I was so tall and so skinny. So it wasn't in my mechanics to spin because people always knock me 
knock my balance, my center of gravity out. So he's like, okay, so you're skinny and you're long. So you gotta be smart. You know what I'm saying? So he taught me actually how to be a spin move. So before I actually have to, uh, you know, establish my pivot, I actually jump stop on two feet to spin yeah. rather than spinning off one foot. So when I jump off, when I spin with two feet, I, I more have more control over what the defender actually does. Yeah. You know, so he actually showed me that. And I was just like, oh, snap. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and in my head, I was just like, oh, damn. Like, he's actually showing me tricks. So funny story. Then I remember I was like doing the moves or whatever. He went showered, came back. And now I'm doing, uh, you know, uh, full court shooting. So, you know, you run one half, one half, shoot, shoot, yeah, shoot, yeah. whatever. Uh, he came in uh, and he sat for a second and he was like, yo, come in. So he was talking to the manager. He was talking to Carlos. He's like, Carlos, why you got him wearing this bullshit, man? And I'm wearing Adidas. Oh, no. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, hey, yo, go, 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 go hook him up with something. So Carlos went to the storage, right? So the storage is right to the back of Carlos Moore came out with a whole bunch of Kobe's, like exclusive colors. I still, <laughs> I only wear, I only wore one pair to this day. Came out with a whole mm. bunch of shoes, like t-shirts, shorts and stuff like that. Oh, and he just gave it to me. The king, um, bro, the king. You know, man. and then ever since that day, it was just like, we, we had a relationship. Like most people was like, oh yeah, he an asshole because he doesn't say hi. Mm. He didn't say hi to everybody else on the team, but yeah because he saw me working yeah. and I was willing to listen and actually learn, you know, you. we had that in common, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So he respected you as long as you worked hard. He didn't respect you if you were lazy and you didn't want to win, yeah, you know, exactly. or if you came to LA to party and you know what I'm saying? So, you know, yeah, he would yeah. see me, you know, he would see me outside. Hey, what's up? What's up? You know, you need some, you good, everything all right? How's the family? You know, give me a ride whenever I need a ride down to my place, whatever. Um, you know, so we had kind of like that a relationship, but I never was the type of person to cross the boundary and kind of like try to become almost like a, a friend. So I just kind of like was like, okay, if you want to be my friend, cool. I'm down with it. I'm not going to push it. So, yeah, you know, I, I'm going to take what I can get. Um, yeah, so that was kind of like my experience with him and it was pretty cool. Man, I mean, Kobe, my favorite player, so that's, that's yeah. sick. You got a jersey in the back, don't you? Hey, yeah, high school jersey. Yeah, right there, Kobe. <laughs> high school jersey, that's crazy. So then yeah. um, you were unfortunately let go after a season-ending injury with the MCL sprain on your, I think it was left left leg. What was that sort mm -hmm. of rehab, rehab like in coming back from a serious injury like that? Um, So... You know, everything went so well. And I remember one morning, um, something was just off. I went to the stadium. I got hurt and shoot around. Um, and it was just the weirdest injury because my teammate jumped for, for a rebound during walkthrough. Um, and he landed on my knee, you know, pushing my knee in, was in snapping the MCL. Um, and at first, I was kind of like in denial. Um, until, you know, Mitch came and Mitch was just like, yeah, you know, this is what happened, blah, blah, blah. I was pretty devastated. Um, and then I went through two months of 
depression. Uh, you know, I went through two months of depression and I remember I just called Mitch one day, Mitch Kupchak, which is the, the Laker GM. He's the general manager. I was just like, I want to go home. I don't want to be here no more. Uh, and I remember I just flew back to Sydney. Uh, when I came to Sydney, um, I started working with uh, different kids, like just working kids out. Um, and I actually had a, a personal trainer, Sonny, uh, and he was helping me while we have, um, you know. So when, when that was happening, I started just working with kids. Um, and I just focused kind of like on gaining weight, uh, getting stronger. Um, but I really didn't know if I was going to, if I was coming back, um, you know. And then when I did that, uh, the MRI again, I think it was like, I think five months later, uh, it was, I was fully healed. I was able to walk, fine, run, mm -hmm. jump, do everything. Um, you know, and I sat down within myself. Um, and I was just like, do I really want to go back to playing basketball? And I had to make a decision. I was just like, all right, I'm going to go back and play basketball. Yeah. Okay. So, so then um, that, that's, so that's good. So you're, you pull the recovery sort of thing. Then um, yeah. now you're currently playing with like the New Zealand Breakers. Was um, were you like mm -hmm. playing with like RJ Hampton this year? Yeah. Yeah. So like, what was like sort of like playing with him and seeing like him up and coming and going to the NBA draft this year? Um, I mean, you know, that's that's like my little brother. You know, um, I was actually talking to his dad last night. Um, you know, he he's uh he's young. Um. And he's he's making mistakes that he should be making his age, um, which is so, some mistakes you just gotta let them make it, you know. Um, mm. And then my my whole thing was like, you know, when I came uh, and I met RJ, I was just like, you know, I'm gonna show you what I I got. Um, you know, we play a lot of one on one, and I was just like, you're not gonna make the same mistakes I made. So we just kind of like would sit, talk, hang out, you know. And he was my little brother, you know what I'm saying? He's just like, my little brother's getting ready for the draft. Um, yeah, and it was cool, like, you know, to see I was in that position at one time, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, it was just yeah. like, wow, now I'm actually sitting here talking to somebody else who's in this position. So, um, you know, it was cool. And it was a pleasure. Like, he's cool as hell. He's, uh, you know, he's going to be a good player. He's going to be a great player, um, you know. So I just... Hope all the best for him, and hopefully he goes pretty high in the draft. Yeah. Um. RJ was like RJ is the only like professional player I met before he started doing this, and I remember, um, I met him and I, I had his jersey on, and I was like hella nervous about mm -hmm. it, and we took a photo, and I was just like, "Can you like sign my jersey?" And I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> "Hella scared yeah. about the whole thing." <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, it 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 is, you know, um. You're gonna have certain players who showed love for the fans, and that's one of the biggest things that I told them. I was like, "Listen, without your fans, you'll be nobody." Mm. So you have to learn how to respect your fans. Um, you know, I don't want you to sit there and sign thousands of autographs after the game, um, but at the same time, you gotta show respect for your fans and stuff. Um, you know, which he took in pretty well. Um, you know, so he was pretty cool. Like, you know, a lot of people that walked up to him, like. He was cool. He would have a conversation with you. Yeah. You know, yeah. kick it with you. Like he didn't have any problem. You know, I I remember, I remember when my brother came to visit, 
he was hanging out playing uh, Fortnite with my brother and kicking it. So, oh, so like yeah. hella humble sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, I mean, his mom, his mom always made sure make sure that he's <laughs> humble. And I think especially like for him when he was like such a I think high school sensation like that and like people know your name at such a young age, mm-hmm. like you like your Lamellos, your Lonzos, like all of them, you got to sort of be within yourself and not let it get to your head at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, definitely, definitely. You got to stay humble um, because you're going to get lost in the sauce real quick. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. Yeah. Very, um, to a very wait, wait, wait. So, um, wait, wait, one more. Just depending on the pair, but you played with a lot of very good basketball players throughout your career already. But who would you mm-hmm. say the best person you've played with is? It can only be one, bro. It can only be one. Mm. The bean. Mm. But he didn't play with Kobe. Just... I mean, I mean, I, I didn't play with Kobe. Um, he trained with I mean, him. And that's tough. That's, that's tough. That's tough. That's tough. <laughs> Best player I've played with. That's tough. Man, that's 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 hard, bro. That's hard because it's like every year I play with, you know, I play with a lot, you know, with a lot of players. Uh, No, you know what? You know what? I remember when I got drafted, we had summer league games, and I remember at one point I was uh, in a game, and I was it was me, Kevin Durant, Ty Lawson, um, who else was on the? It was a, it was like basically DC pros, DC professionals versus um, LA professionals. No, it wasn't LA. It was Baltimore professionals, and on the other team was uh, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, Chris Paul, Jesus, yo, um, Bradley Beal, like, and it was like pretty cool. And I think like at that point, it was just like me and KD had because that whole summer, me and KD were working out together. Um, so at that point, I was just like. KD, like, he would be, like, probably the best player I've played with. Yeah, um, okay. You know, it's just, his work ethic is, like, ridiculous. You know, yeah, I... Yeah, people don't talk about that much. I couldn't keep up with him. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, it's, like, during the summer, his schedule, it would be, like, we wake up, like, we live... I live in D.C. He lives in Maryland. So, he lives, like, 15 minutes away from me. So, yeah. He would call. He would call me at like six a.m. He was like, "All right, be at the gym at 7. I'm like, "Cool." I'm still rolling over in bed trying to like, you know, catch myself. Get to the gym. You know, we work out. Then we finish. We we'll probably work out from seven till about ten thirty, eleven. Go lift for two hours. Have lunch. Go, you know, play PlayStation, whatever, whatever. After the PlayStation, we'll probably go play pickup somewhere. Um, probably like at like 6 p.m., we'll go play pickup. Uh, and that point, after the pickup game, I'm like exhausted. So I'm be like, yo, I'm about to go take a nap or something. <laughs> uh, he be like, all right, cool, I'm about to go to the gym and get shots up. I'm like, okay, like, have fun, enjoy. He'd go to the gym, get shots up. He'd be done. He'd be done probably like 10 o'clock at night. Um, then he be, he would call me at like twelve. Yo, you trying to hit the you trying to hit to the club? You trying to hit to the hookah line? You trying to hit somewhere? I'll be like, oh, fuck. like all right, 
I'll get up, get dressed. We'll go to the hookah lounge. He'll stay there till 3 a.m. Jesus. He'll Jesus. leave. Next day, start all over again. Like, and uh, it's like ridiculous. I'm just like, bro, when do you find time to sleep? You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, his work ethic is like ridiculous. What a bad KD, KD. I mean, heavily hated now, but KD Bolt. <laughs> yeah, Paris and OKC fan. I'm an Oklahoma fan, so I'm a bit still triggered. But moving on to a very important question that we always have to ask people that come on Who is the NBA GOAT? The NBA GOAT. The NBA GOAT. Between who? I mean, it's whoever you want, bro. You could say Allen Iverson for all I know. <laughs> Stop bringing up Allen Iverson. You could say whoever you want. But I know who mine is. So, we could be in touch with different opinions. <laughs> all right. So, every era has its own GOAT. Mm, facts, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. Okay. Every era has its own GOAT. Now, if we put all the players in one era, and we'll talk for for the sake of talking, uh, hypothetical. So we say every player is playing in this era of basketball. Uh, I'll say Kobe will be the GOAT. Hey, I'll take that, Bean. Um, I would explain to you, I would explain to you because Michael Jordan, most people would say Michael Jordan. If, if we played in this era, because this era is a three-point dependent era. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Michael Jordan wasn't really a three-point threat to that extent. Yeah. yeah. Kobe would be, wouldn't be handled more of a three-point. Now, if we talk about Mike, Michael Jordan era, that we're putting all the players, including Kobe and LeBron, I'll say Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it's yeah. a different era, and the way they played was different. Um, you know, but for me, but then it's just, it's just like, it's, it's difficult because it's like, all right, so we talk about, you, he had to go through the bad boys, man. Yeah, I'm right. like, he, he had, had to go beat the magic, had to beat the and magic. I'm like, I, you know, when you think about it, you like, can, yeah, I'm like, can LeBron go through the magic and the Lakers? Can he go through the I beating of the bad I, boys? Do the beating of the New York, New York Knicks? I'm like, can Kobe do that? Like, I think it's, LeBron ain't even in the conversation. Ooh, oh, that's the first. That's the first. That's the first. LeBron is not even. Le, 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 because you have to understand, like, you got you to gotta look at it. You got to be like, all right, so you got to look at the trials and tribulations of all, all the players. You, LeBron is going through Steph Curry. That's He's true. going through against whoever, whoever. Getting dropped off by Dirk. Oh, he got beat by Dirk in the yeah, finals. He's, he's, go, he's playing, he's playing against Dirk. Now, now, now look, look, look at the era that Michael Jordan played in. And just look at how they played defense. That's true. That's very true. Right? They were playing football out there. Um, and it's just like, now, now if, we switch, if we switch the errors and just say, okay, we're going to take LeBron and put him in Mike era and take Mike and put him in LeBron era, uh, Jordan will probably have 20 rings. You know what I'm saying? Just by the person he is. Because now... You, you can't hand check him, you can't Facts. body him, you can't push mm. him. But LeBron, he's strong, he can handle the ball, he can see. But dude, you're gonna be picked up full court by Dennis Rodman. 
And when you go yeah, for a layup, you're going to have uh, uh, somebody come close, close line you. Uh, no, sir, you're not ready for all of that. You know what I'm saying? You <laughs> yeah. got to really have mental toughness for that. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know? we should just so podcast. For me, for me, it's like between Kobe and MJ. LeBron ain't got no <laughs> no business in that. Now, I'm, I'm talking about by the end of his career, if he wins fucking more champs than, what's his name, than, than Kobe and LeBron and MJ, then uh, all right, we'll, we'll see when that happens. <laughs> but until now, I'm sorry. And, and this is the thing. Why do you need to have four players, three players to win a championship? LeBron always, at, at every point of time, he needs to have Two Three all-stars, or four all stars. Ah. Yeah, two no, two all stars plus him three. Oh, fat. And then he have, and then and then he will have at least another Hall of Famer. He's yeah. making my argument. He's no, making no. my argument for me. He's I, Jordan the I, dirt. I, he, he's yeah, the thing. I'm, he, I'm not a LeBron. Like I'm not like a LeBron fan. But we used to have another kid that was on the uh, podcast with us, and he was a massive LeBron fan. And the, and I was always in between. You know, I never agreed that Jordan was the greatest, LeBron was the greatest. I thought they were both great in their respective right. But now that the other kids are here, I have to stand up. I have to stand up for LeBron. And it's it's a hard argument to make because I don't think he's the goat. You know, I still reckon I <laughs> Jordan's the goat. But I have to make the argument. That I LeBron mean, yeah. If you say if you say go Jordan, if you say Jordan, I'll say all right. Like I'm not gonna you know deny that but when people say is it jordan or lebron i'm like wait y'all, y'all forgetting kobe yeah you <laughs> disrespect <laughs> like, you know what i'm saying i'm talking about nah that's that that's, that's not gonna happen like you know lebron is a great player and i've played against him personally like he's he's I'm telling you yeah, yeah. he's a whole he's different what you see on tv is like times 10 in real life yeah um, yeah you know, but then imagine. it's just like, you know, if you, all right, so I'm going to tell you something. Do this. Watch a game, right? But yeah. instead of watching the basketball, watch all three of them play. Watch their eyes. And that will tell you who the goat is. Yeah. Yeah, because you see, like, LeBron's always scanning. Killer. No, no, but it's not so much scanning, but it's like, who has the killer? intentions yeah yeah that's a, that's true the person because the goat is willing to step on everybody's throat at any moment notice he's ready to be called on you know what i'm saying yeah jordan doesn't have any like when he goes to the finals he doesn't choke that's true he's, he's Kobe, when he finals. goes to the finals he don't choke but lebron he doesn't have the killer eyes yeah that's true that's he doesn't true. Have, he, he doesn't have the he doesn't have the killer in him so why are you calling him the, you know what I'm saying? You're not going to call a, a, a raccoon the goat. Or you're not going <laughs> to call Giselle the goat. The lion is the goat because he's a killer and he's ready to kill and take a prey at any moment. You know what that. I'm he saying? Like, you got to think about it like that. And I think, um, I think it was like Steven Jackson who was saying, people always just skip over Kobe. It's like, uh, they, like it's like when did, when did LeBron, when did LeBron pass Kobe? Because, I mean, Kobe... Like Kobe's like career, if you think about it, he, he should have easily had at least three or four MVPs. And yeah, it's just he like robbed, yeah. he got robbed a fair bit. He got robbed a fair bit. And it's just like in those Kobe and Shaq teams, Kobe was averaging thirty with Shaq. Shaq wasn't carrying. So I mean, hey, yeah, the Mamba is no joke. Hey, don't don't disrespect Definitely. Shaq like that. Don't disrespect. Hey, no, Shaq. I I even disrespect Shaq. Hey, he was, just because he wasn't to no, 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 Shaq, Shaq, Shaq was, was good. good. No, but 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 no, but you look at it like this, right? 
all the Kobe teams were made of him and a center, and then okay players. Facts. Facts. That's true. That's true. Okay. That's true. LeBron's teams is made up of LeBron, an all-star center, and then an all-star player, and then That's a true. Hall of Famer player. Every team That's LeBron true. played in, he had Ray Allen, he had uh, D-Wade. He had so many players that are like great players. So it was like, Kyrie. you know, he had D Wade, Chris Bosch, uh, Kyrie at one point. Like, come on. Kevin man. Love. Like, yeah, yeah. AD, AD is arguably top five power forward of all time. Like, exactly. That's yeah, true. I mean, like, when George, dude, I already on, know man. when George hears this, George is going to come. When George hears he's just going to come for me. Just like, hey. Yeah, no, he's going to come right back. <laughs> that's, that's how the he's going to come. Nah, that, 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 that is not happening. And then you look at, you look at Jordan. How how do you retire, come back and win a championship? That's that's a that's a that's a that's a that's by itself right there. It's like you could just tell like he's the goat. And that's the biggest yeah. what if those two years he was gone, the Bulls easily could have beaten the um Orlando Magic. No, the Hawks. Not the, came back the Rockets, Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets. Yeah, Houston Rockets. That's right. They yeah, beat the Houston, Houston Rockets. Rockets in the finals. Like. And Jordan A. And, 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 okay, and then put it like this, right? How many careers did LeBron destroy? And then think about it. How many careers did Jordan and Kobe destroy? Everyone got a ring over LeBron. Like, Steph has a ring of Dirk, if Dirk has a ring Steph has LeBron, three. Steph has three, bro. Steph has three. But then... I don't, I don't hold against LeBron when, K, when KD joined the Warriors. No one's beating a 72-win team plus Kevin Durant. 73-win team plus Kevin Durant. So, like, I never – I don't hold that against LeBron. That's yeah, tough. No. I mean – No, it's not tough. It's not – you don't have no business, bro. <laughs> you don't have no business. Like, you, you, don't, you don't got it like that. You're, you're a great player. You're a Hall of Famer. But he is in the same level. He's the upgrade of Magic Johnson. Yeah, true. he is that's not. True. He's a he's an upgrade of Magic Johnson. He's six nine, stronger, mm-hmm. more Boston. athletic, faster. Mm-hmm. So and does exactly the same thing Magic Johnson was doing. So he's an upgrade of Magic Johnson. He is not the goat, not by any chance. Damn, that's the first time in a split decision someone has taken LeBron out of the goat. Of the yeah. <laughs> Nah, he ain't got no business. Alright, so our final next question, question is: the final in one. your, oh, oh no, um, so in your, um, in your playing career, you've won championships, you've played with crazy good players that everyone would dream about playing. But what would you say your favorite memory in your playing career is so far? Um, my favorite moment. My favorite moment, what would it be? That's tough. I have a lot of memories. So, uh, favorite moment. I think my favorite moment would have been when I was in uh, playing in Israel, uh, yeah. playing EuroLeague. Um, my first game, uh, I was there. I was there, I think, for like two months before I got hurt. Um, and I remember it was just like, 
a surreal experience. It was like, it was something that I, it was like out of the storybooks. Uh, we were playing against the uh, Olympiacos um, in, in France, I remember. Uh, you know, and it was just like the way the game was operated and the position of, because EuroLeague is very, it's very like precision. Like they will take, out of, if, if you take 20 shots in a EuroLeague game, you better make 18 out of those shots. You know, it's yeah. not like the NBA where you can take 20 shots and make 10, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, that's a great game. No, nah, you better okay, make yeah. 18. Um, so everybody was so precise, and every pass had a purpose, the way the game moved, the defensive philosophies, the offensive philosophies. Um, you know, it was just like, it was like surreal. It was just like, for me, it was like, just learning basketball from when I was like, it was learning basketball all over again. Cause everything that I, I, I knew just went out the window, you know, because of how they just thought and looked at basketball. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think, um, Luka Doncic said it was like, you're um, in the NBA. It's much easier to score than it was in the Euro league. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, um, like I've, 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 that's where, like, when I was in Israel, I actually, that's where I developed my post game because I never really had a post game. It was more, I because I'm actually like, a, um, like a stretch four, most of my career. Uh, and then when I went to Israel, I was actually working, and the way they developed my center position game actually was like amazing. And now, like, I weigh two twenty on a good day. But you see me out there, I'm playing guarding Nathan Joai, and I'm going against him and score against him, you know, the heaviest guy on the court, you know. Yeah. Um, and it just tells you the fundamentals of how they play the game. Um, you know, that that was, like, really, really cool, you know. That's true. Uh, I guess a, a final question to you is, you know, um, uh, what, what would your advice be to – young kids that want to try and make a pro or go pro in the future of basketball? What would be my advice? Um, you have to have, well, for me, it's like first, you have to have a, a motivation. You have to have something that's going to motivate you long term to, to keep you waking up and not giving up. Um, because unfortunately, despite how much time you succeed, you're going to have a lot of people that are going to doubt you. You're going to have a lot of obstacles. You're gonna, so you, your motivation has to always motivate you despite of everything that you go through. Um, I mean, that's the first thing. The second thing is that you have to have self-belief. You know, you have to believe in yourself. Uh, despite of what happens, always believe yourself that you can do it. Um, you know, most people say like, okay, hard work this, hard work that, but it's just like human nature. If they want something, they're going to work for it. So I don't have to tell yeah. you to work hard. If you want it, you just know that to work hard, um, you know, and then always know that, you know, self-belief um, and always have target goals that you were set for yourself. Like, don't just be like, all right, I'm out here playing basketball. Like, you gotta be like, all right, cool. But this year, 
this time of the year, I want to make this team. This time of the year, I want to make this team. So you have a purpose of playing. You know what I'm saying? You have a purpose of actually going out there every day to do what you got to do because you set yourself a time limit. Um, you know, so those are like the three things kind of like I kind of use, you know, among a lot of things that I've used. But my main thing was like motivation. Uh, and my motivation was like, at first, it was like just proving the the shit talkers, you know, yeah. proving them wrong. Uh, and then it became, okay, can I win a championship? Can I go to college? You know, can I make it to the NBA? Um, you know, now it's just like, my goal now is just like, how many championships can I win? You know, that's literally like my goal in current. So I'm just like, I'm putting myself in positions where I was just like, I'm getting win a championship, you know? Um, you know, so that's my goal now that keeps me going. Um, you know, and then I always believe in myself regardless of, I don't care who you are. You tell me I, I'm not good. I would tell you, all right, whatever. Cool. Thank you. And then I'll be like, throw the ball up and let's see what happens. Um, you know, and then I always have set goals. So, you know, like for me now being a professional at this age, it's like I always reinvest in my body, take care of my body. Yeah. So my thing would be like, I make sure that I'm at a certain weight at a certain time. I make sure that I'm in certain fitness at a certain time. I make sure that I'm able to make. So now like this, our season was, was, uh, was stopped. Uh, and we got to start in five weeks. Um, and in five weeks, um, my goal is to make 20,000 shots. You know what I'm saying? And that's my yeah. goal in those five weeks. Um, you know, so I always set myself goals that I, I'm going to be able to achieve, you know, uh, even for a game, like I'll be like, okay, so this is what I need to do out there. You know, whether it's offensively, defensively, or whatever, whatever. If I'm playing against, you know, for example, you know, uh, I'll, I'll use Nathan Jawai as an example, uh, you know, because he's one of the best centers. If I'm playing against Nathan Joy, I'll tell myself, okay, I'll watch videos on him and I'll be like, all right, this is how I'm going to stop him. This is what I need to do. This is what I got to do tomorrow. And I'll go out there and actually work to, to get ready to play against him and do and use it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, you always have to set yourself a goal with this tomorrow. Set yourself a goal for tomorrow. Set yourself a goal for another day. Um, that's the biggest thing. And one of the things that people don't actually use a lot is um, actually keeping a journal of everything that you do when it comes to what you want. Um, you know, from, from a young age, I've always kept a journal, whether I'm lifting weights or whether I'm on the basketball court, I always wrote down what I did that day. Okay. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Um, and then if, if I go back three weeks and I see a gap in, in, in the dates because I date everything and I feel like that day wasn't like rest day, I'll write the date and say rest day. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And yeah. if it wasn't a rest day and there was just a date missing, now I'm going to be like, all right, I'm, I fucked up that day. So I need to make sure that don't happen again. Yeah. You know, so I think that's that's like a big thing as well that people kind of like don't utilize a lot, you know, keeping logs of everything. So it's just like, for me, it's just like clocking into work. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. So 
Well, and that was some amazing advice. And I think some, hopefully some people take that with them. And AJ, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No problem. Thank we could have talked for hours. You know, your stories are endless and amazing. And uh, anyway, guys, thanks for listening so much. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and uh, five stars on Apple Podcasts and Facebook. And uh, yeah, thank you, AJ, for coming on. And I guess we'll see you guys uh, next week. Peace. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thank-